Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHD, WPHD, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. Yes. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Well, it's election day. There's shenanigans I'm hearing about everywhere. Where are you hearing about them? Let me know. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli if you'd like to weigh in. And yes, the Nashville Shooter Manifesto is confirmed. They have confirmed it. That's right. It was real. We knew it was real, though. Of course we knew it was real. We knew the motivation behind it was real, too. No surprise there. We got a great show for you in store today. We got some great candidates coming on. We got a lot of political analysis. Uh, We might possibly have a very big name in the legal community joining us today. So I'm very excited about today's show and excited to get past Election Day because these are the days that everybody's always on pins and needles, pins and needles throughout the entire day, of course. And if you are keeping score at home on the Zioli Show home game, There is a real question about what's going on in the trial of President Donald Trump, former President Donald Trump, in terms of his constitutional rights being completely obliterated by this judge. And I'm getting very frustrated by the lack of people who call themselves civil libertarians who are actually speaking out on the issue. It's very frustrating to me personally, because I, I remember a time when civil libertarians just abandoned politics. And they came out and they spoke on the behalf of what's right. And they came out and spoke on behalf of, of liberty. And they had to because that's what their job is. But they don't do that as much anymore. The ACLU put out a little weak, little timid statement. And that's about it. And now we have more information coming out about the feds snooping on all of us. And so there is now a bipartisan government surveillance act that would stop a lot of warrantless surveillance as a condition of renewal of Section 702 of the FISA Act. You know, and I know, and I've told you this, that we live in a police state in this country. And I said it long before Dinesh D'Souza made his movie. I'm not saying he stole it from me. I'm just saying that I said it a long time ago. I've been saying it for years. Well, the government, the, the extent of the spying on us is outrageous. Even as my friend Tracy Beans pointed out in Uncover DC, spying on us uh, in our neighborhoods. I mean, the government's been spying on us in our neighborhoods and using our neighbors against us. And they have all these devices now that, that look into us and follow us and, and know what's going on. And the whole thing is just an absolute mess. 
And we have to, at some point, push back on it because, as Tracy pointed out, the federal government was literally patrolling your neighborhood, your neighborhood, for things they considered misinformation. If you extrapolate from this digital space, imagine them patrolling around. They were policing next door. So EIP personnel, including Alex Stamos, made clear in their outreach to social media platforms that the true purpose of this executive intelligence agency was to act as a censorship conduit for the federal government. For example, on August 4th, 2020, they wrote an email to a next door employee that EIP was formed to provide a one-stop shop for local election officials, Department of Homeland Security, and voter protection organizations to report potential disinformation so that EIP could, could investigate and then refer to the appropriate platforms. They have been spying on us in every single level here and using fact checkers and fact checkers to decide what information is real and what information is not real, all completely coming out of the filter of the government and what the government wants. And I keep thinking about this in the context of everything we've been talking about over the years with regards to the United States of America being weaponized against its own people. And Representative Jim Jordan tweeted out earlier today, bombshell report, or it was actually last night, bombshell report on the censorship industrial complex. Hundreds of secret reports show how the Department of Homeland Security and the CISA, now CISA, and I have a buddy who works there and he's a good guy, so not everybody there is bad, but he's not involved in this, this aspect of it. It's like anything else. So you might know a great FBI agent. I'm not talking about that person. I'm talking about the people at the top who run, who run the show the bureaucrats who are in charge. And I, and I don't have to be like Sean Hannity and mention that every single day. I'm not talking about the brave men and women on the FBI. We, we know that. I don't need to say that disclaimer every day. But every now and then I can just remind you that what we're all, what we're all talking about, obviously, are not the, not the guys and gals in the field. We're talking about the people in Washington. So we, we know that, obviously. Anyway, um, CISA is the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. We lead the national effort to understand, manage, and reduce risk to our cyber and, and physical infrastructure. Likes, retweets, and follows are not endorsements, but I'm sure they'll be looking at them. Anyway, so Jim Jordan tweeted out, hundreds of secret reports show how the Department of Homeland Security and CISA, the State Department, Stanford, that's a college, and others worked behind the scenes together to censor Americans before the 2020 election, including true information, jokes, and opinions. Well, these people have no sense of humor, so it doesn't surprise me that jokes are included in this. The federal government, disinformation experts at universities, big tech, and others, work together through the Election Integrity Partnership to monitor and censor American speech. According to one EIP member, the EIP was created at the request of CISA. The head of the EIP also said that EIP was created after working on some monitoring ideas with CISA. Here's how it worked. So EIP, which is this overarching, overarching a collaboration, private public partnership here, had stakeholders. The stakeholders included the federal government. They would submit misinformation reports. Then this EIP group would analyze the report and similar content across platforms. They would then submit the report to big tech, often with a recommendation on how to censor. So what do I always tell you? The unholy triad of the corporate media, 
the government and big tech working together in 2020 in this election to control information and figure out what what information they wanted you to know and what they didn't want you to know, whether it was Hunter Biden laptop, whether it was COVID, whether it was Trump, Russia, whatever it was, they would decide they would they would figure it out and they would identify accounts and they would say that they were Russian, uh, Russian bots and censor people. So. The House Select Committee on the Weaponization of Government obtained non-public documents and information from Stanford only after the threat of contempt. And they have a whole report about this on the House Judiciary website. So who was targeted? Americans of all political stripes were targeted, but especially conservatives, including, let me read you a list and some of the names here. Donald Trump, Senator Tom Tillis, Newt Gingrich. Governor Mike Huckabee, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Sean Hannity, Molly Hemingway, Charlie Kirk, Candace Owens, Jack Sobiak, Benny Johnson, Tom Fitton, and the Babylon Bee. The Babylon freaking Bee. And also, Newsmax, Michelle Malkin, uh, Sean from uh, The Federalist, Rubin Report, Paul Sperry, Tracy Beans, James O'Keefe, and it goes on and on. And probably me and probably you. I mean, there's probably other people on here. I would imagine that any conservative who has the ability to be either behind a microphone or has a strong presence online was probably at one point under the watchful eye of this collaborative group. What speech was targeted for censorship? True information, jokes, political opinions. Here are a few examples that Jim Jordan lays out. Donald Trump tweeted out the following back in 2020. November 7th, Georgia counties using same software as Michigan counties also encounter a glitch. What a total mess this election has been. That was a Breitbart news story that was flagged by this information, executive information, disinformation group. Here are some more examples. Newt Gingrich tweeted out the following back in 2020 of October of 2020. Pennsylvania Democrats are methodically changing the rules so they can steal the election. It is amazingly open, dishonest, ruthless. And will work unless the state, especially Philadelphia, is flooded with law enforcement. Now, the former speaker was not wrong. We know that Pennsylvania was ground zero for this. We know what the Pennsylvania Supreme Court did. And we know that the Pennsylvania Supreme Court unconstitutionally changed the time, manner, and place of the elections, which is why you better get out there and vote today for the Supreme Court seat. And you better vote Republican because this this could happen again in 2024. So you better vote for Judge Carolyn Carluccio, please. I'm begging you. You better do it. All right. Here's another example. Let's see. Uh, Let's see if I can find this one for you. Yes. Governor Mike Huckabee, who tweeted out the following back in uh, October of 2020, stood in the rain. No, November. Excuse me. Stood in the rain for an hour to early vote today. When I got home, I filled in my stack of mail-in ballots and then voted the ballots of my deceased parents and grandparents. They vote just like me. Hashtag Trump 2020. That was obviously a joke. Who do we miss? Jim Jordan asks. Did you have a social media post that was targeted by the EIP? It's clear why Stanford tried uh, only produced the documents after they were threatened with contempt by the House Judiciary Committee and the House Select Committee on the Weaponization of Government. The American people deserve to know if they were targeted by their own government and so-called disinformation experts. The committee is making the data from these reports publicly available. And as always, there's more to co- to come. Dave Rubin of the Rubin Report asks a good question, which what's the recourse when the government is proven to have trampled on your First Amendment rights? It's a great point. And then you have Mindy Robinson tweeting out. 
Just think about how fragile this whole deep state house of cards is that they had to, to demand independent, no-name journalists like me be banned because you, we were that threatening to the election rigging that was blatantly going on with the fake news media's help. So the whole thing is so blatant and so brazen, and they thought they would get completely away with all of it. And they almost did, and they still may, because if they steal the 2024 election, no matter how they try to do it, they're going to continue to do this. A Department of Justice official said Hunter Biden's probe had closer supervision and needed higher level approvals. A senior Justice Department official told congressional investigators that the years long investigation into the first son, Hunter Biden, received closer supervision than most cases and required high level approval to bring charges. Acting Deputy Assistant Attorney General Stuart Goldberg told House Judiciary Committee staff members on October 25th that the Hunter probe was considered a significant case and had closer supervision than other more run-of-the-mill cases. This corroborates key details gleaned from interviews with a lot of these whistleblowers. Now, this ties in to everything that I was talking about with the censorship, because in 2020, the government worked together with big tech and the corporate media to tell you that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. And they wanted you to know that not because of the Hunter Biden nudie pics. They wanted you to know that because all of these things, all of these things would have come out right before the election and everybody would have seen just how corrupt Joe Biden really is and how he's on the hook for Ukraine, Russia, China and Romania. I'm not going to let Romania off the hook. They deserve just as much credit in the Biden corruption department. Poor little Romania, the lesser country. And so that's why they did all these things, to cover for the corruption, obviously. And part of what that that EIP working group did was to censor any comments on the Hunter Biden laptop. So anything around the election being stolen, the Hunter Biden laptop, COVID, anything was censored by the government in collusion with big tech and the corporate media. Now, Senator Rand Paul, who was on the show last week, if you missed that, the interview's podcast of you, of course, for you, tweeted out the following a short time ago. Through my Free Speech Protection Act, co-authored with Jim Jordan, the government will be stripped of its ability to shroud its actions in secrecy and infringe upon the First Amendment rights of the American people. Good. I'm glad. Because another part of this bombshell that came out today, that new report details how the federal government partnered with universities to censor American speech. That's what was also revealed in the last 24 hours. So now we got to add a fourth leg to this stool, this unholy triad, make it an unholy quiet quad. And that is that in this report, the government was also using universities. And this is a hundred and four page report put out by the select subcommittee on the weaponization of government. Universities were doing the at the behest of the of the government to censor speech. Now, the free speech movement was literally founded at the University of Berkeley in California. The free speech movement in this country, the modern day free speech movement that we know that was that's now dead, was started on the campus of Berkeley in the 60s because then you had students protesting the Vietnam War and colleges tried to shut them down. And you had a lot of people bravely fight the universities and they would take over uh, dean's offices and they would take over campus halls and they would take over administration buildings. They'd hang banners, kind of like what George Norcross did at the link in support of Israel. They would hang banners in support of ending the war and the colleges would try to shut them down and they fought and they won. 
The free speech movement was born at the University of California at Berkeley, and it died there years later when Ann Coulter was going to give a speech out there with Milo Yiannopoulos. If you remember this back in my first iteration of Afternoons, right after Patrick was born. And they shut down the speech under the guise of, we can't ensure your safety, so we can't let you speak. That's something called the heckler's veto. When the colleges do that to shut down controversial speakers, they argue safety. It's much like what the gag order on Donald Trump, right? They say, well, for the safety of the judge and the clerk and all these lame bureaucrats, we can't let you criticize the government. Well, it's unconstitutional. You're allowed to criticize these people and public safety is not a factor. The only factor becomes if you say deliberately to for somebody to do something violent, your free speech rights end when you stand up and say, now go blow up that building or go kill that person. That's not protected speech. But you know that you're smart enough to know that what they do is they interpret through a filter and they go, well, somebody could hear something out of what you said. That's none of those things and interpret that that's what you really meant. And so for that reason, we have to shut down your speech and we've got to censor you. Got it? As the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, pointed out a short time ago, the pseudoscience of disinformation is now and has always been nothing more than a political ruse most frequently targeted at communities and individuals holding views contrary to the prevailing narratives. This new report detailing how the federal government partnered with universities to censor American speech is shocking, and it's worth reading the entire thing, all 104 pages of it. This is America. This is the United States of America. This is what we're dealing with right now. And so brazen is the censorship and the misinformation campaigns and the disinformation campaigns that it has impacted almost every aspect of our life. And don't forget the intimidation factor in this, too, because another way the government gets you to be quiet is to intimidate you. So today's Election Day, we have a lot of school board races, for example. I hope you get out there and vote. And I hope that you take the time to figure out who the real candidates are that you would want to have on the school board representing your kids and you as parents. I really do. I hope you'll take the time. In the past, I would have said to you, whatever, doesn't matter. These school board elections matter now just as much as all the other elections. So take the time, take five minutes to understand who the candidates are. Call a friend, call a neighbor, figure it out. It's too important. It's too critically important. The fight is real. But don't forget, the government tried to intimidate moms in yoga pants from speaking out at school board meetings. Just by sending out that letter saying that there may be, they may be domestic violent extremists and the FBI may get involved, might be enough for that suburban mom to sit there and say, I can't risk my, my cushy job where I'm home and at, uh, doing Zoom all day. And I, I, so I'm just going to not go. I'm not going to say anything, even though I want to go and I want to criticize the curriculum and I want to criticize the fact that they won't let me know if my kid has, is, has a different gender identity. And, and I, I, the, I can't believe the curriculum they're, they're, they're teaching my kids. And even though I want to go and fight against masks and vaccine mandates, I, I don't want to lose my job. I work, for a, I, work, I work for a woke corporation, so I got to stay silent. Intimidation is also another very powerful tool the police state uses to get you to be quiet. So they have a whole arsenal here of tools. They can silence you. They can, they, can, they can make your tweets go away, your Facebook posts. They can flag them. They can mute them. They can, they, can, they can block them. And they can spy on you, literally spy on you. And they can also do something, which is to just intimidate the crap out of you, hoping that you'll just comply and be a good little boy and girl. And they've been succeeding at this. 
And thank God that the Republicans won, right? I mean, thank God the Republicans won in the last election and we at least have the House Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of Government because without that, we would not be getting to the bottom of all of this. It's like with the Hunter Biden stuff too. You know, Jim Comer, the chairman of that committee is doing a hell of a job, but he's only doing that job because the Department of Justice won't. And IRS whistleblowers are coming forward and they're coming forward to say what we all know. Like here's another one that just came out a short time ago today. David Weiss, who is now the special prosecutor in the Hunter Biden case, who originally was a United States attorney for Delaware, who was told, we were told, had all the authority he needed. David Weiss didn't have ultimate authority. If someone, if Mr. Weiss gets 515 authority, he would still be required to go through the tax division to get approval of tax charges. Even if Mr. Weiss had been afforded special attorney status or special counsel status, Within the Justice Department's guidelines and the Justice Manual, he still would have to go through Maine Justice to get approval. In other words, Merrick Garland and the White House have been watching this investigation and manhandling this investigation of Hunter Biden the entire time. Officials of the Department of Homeland Security assisted in the creation of a disinformation group that worked to censor the speech of Americans prior to the 2020 presidential election. And they created this dis- disinformation group. To censor speech, any and all speech related to anything regarding elections, cheating, Hunter Biden, the laptop, any of it. I mean, we are just getting to the bottom of all of this. But you understand how, why they have to stop Donald Trump at any and all costs. And now there's three states trying to keep him off the ballot in 2024. Three. The count now is up to three. Because he's going to beat Joe Biden like a drum. And he's going to get to the bottom of all of this. You know, hell hath no woman, no, no, excuse me, let's start over. This saying that hell hath no fury like a woman scorned is a Shakespearean quote, much like Ophelia doth protest too much, which is also a Shakespearean quote. I love Shakespearean quotes. They're very, very profound. Anyway, hell hath no fury like a president who was burned by his own executive branch of government and then gets back into the White House. Hell hath no fury like a president who was burned by his own executive branch of government. His own executive branch was able to take him down. That fury will be unleashed in January of 2025 if Trump wins. And they know that. And they're terrified of it. Absolutely terrified. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Big show today. I can't even stress that. So don't go away. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? 
we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. The Zioli Show. On your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Alrighty. <coughs> so, uh, it is election day, and I just want to remind you how important these school board elections are. I got a nice note. Uh, Vincent Alatieri was on the show yesterday. He's running in North Penn. And he said, uh, hey, Rich, I, if I win by 10 votes, it's because I got on, the, on your show. At least 10 people have said they came out to vote because they heard me on your show. So I'd appreciate another shout out on the air if possible. Well, I'm a long shot. I have a shot. Well, Vincent, good luck, buddy. And I would say, Vincent Altieri, I hope you win. Look, you know, there's only so much we can control in our universe. But these school board elections, the legislative elections today is a very, very, very big day. They're trying to unseat my buddy Ed Durr in District 3. They are trying to run this phantom Fugazi Giuseppe Costanza car- character in Legislative District 4. And the attacks against Judge Carolyn Carluccio in Pennsylvania by these extreme pro-abortion groups are outrageous. They're outrageous. They really are. And they, you know, it's funny because they keep accusing her of wanting to overturn abortion rights. She doesn't have the right as a judge, a justice on the Supreme Court to overturn abortion, quote unquote, rights, because this is an issue that the legislature and the governor has to deal with. That's the fact. Her job, the job of a justice is to interpret the law. That's all the United States Supreme Court did in that case that overturned Roe. I mean, you think about that for a second. I know that everybody panics about this issue, but. The Supreme Court, all they did was turn around and say, we we lack this court lacks the authority to rule on abortion. It, there's not it's there's nothing in the Constitution. We don't have the ability to, to to rule on this. Therefore, it's not our issue. It's not it's not. This is an issue that's left to the states, left to Congress. It's not it's not us. And that's what happened. And that's why they rightly so overturned Roe v. Wade, because Roe v. Wade was legislation written from the bench that the court did not have the authority to write. Because courts are not supposed to write legislative opinions. Whether you like the opinions or not, they're not supposed to do them, period. They're just not. They're supposed to interpret. That's their job. The job they gave themselves in Mar- Madison v. Marbury, but that's a whole, for a whole other show. Anyway, the point is that um, those attacks against her are outrageous. You know, this is, this is, that issue is, has to be dealt with by the legislature and the governor, not by the courts. And even pro-life justices on the Supreme Court, like Samuel Alito, who may find a fundamental right to life embedded in the Constitution, understand that that's still not the court's job to turn around and say that and say, therefore, abortion is illegal. That's again, that would be the court interpreting something that is not actually in statute in an article 
and then using a philosophical idea to come to a conclusion, which is exactly what the court did in the 1970s. The court used this penumbra of privacy idea to say that, 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 you know, you have the right to an abortion. It was a philosophical argument. It'd be the same thing if conservative justices turned around and said, well, based on the writings, we can conclude that they meant that everybody had a right to life. Well, but that's that that's a philosophical leap you're making here. That's an argument that legislators and presidents, congresspeople and governors need to make, not justices. You just interpret what's written down. Don't try to find things in thin air. Just look at the way it was written and then look at the text and look at the originalism of the text and how it was written. In the, and you got to take into account things like commas and other things. No, commas matter, believe it or not. Clauses matter. Justice Antonin Scalia, the greatest mind in the history of the Supreme Court, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, was when, it, you know, in the case where he affirmed an individual right to carry arms, firearms. It's one of the most groundbreaking cases, the Heller decision. In that decision, he looked at the writing, how the Second Amendment was written and the clause in the the militia aspect, the commas. He observed all of those things and wrote a beautiful, beautiful opinion that affirmed it is an individual right, not a militia right. And part of that was looking at the history of 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 the militia and what was the militia when that when that constitution of ours was ratified, the militia was you, me, and we weren't alive back then, but you know what I mean? We were the militia. Individuals comprised the militia and the militia came together. So in order to have a, a militia, you needed people with guns. And it wasn't the government providing the guns. It was the individuals who had the guns and showed up for a fight. That's an interpretation that is grounded in history and the text and using the writing and how they wrote in the 1700s versus how they write in the year 2023, and not wanting it to be something that it isn't. I bring that up today because there's another landmark case before the United States Supreme Court, this time dealing with domestic abusers and their Second Amendment rights. And we'll talk about some of that today on the show as well as we continue on all of this. But remember, everything that we have, we have discussed here, everything on, on the show today, uh, everything we've discussed the last few days, every, every conversation that we've had, in the weeks leading up to this very moment that we're in right now, all have to come down to one thing, and that is that your government is weaponized against you, period. It is. You know this, and I know this. We all know this, and we have to do everything we possibly can to stop it. Hey, coming up on Saturday, November the 11th, Dr. Mike Venaria is having his annual Veterans Day breakfast that he does every year at his office in Cinnamon, in New Jersey to honor and say thank you to our veterans. And it's a free breakfast this Saturday. You're welcome to come. Every veteran is welcome, and so is the public. It's also a free shredding event as well. So you can bring all your documents, and you can get them shredded, which is great. And you can join us for breakfast and say hello and salute uh, the veterans and thank them for their service, just like uh, Dr. Mike does. And when you need a smile, when you need a smile, well, this, the, Dr. Mike Venaria is where you go. Dr. Mike Venaria is the man. He really is the man. And he will give you the best smile of your life. And that's why I want you to see him today. Please see him today. Reach out to him by going to VenariaDental.com. V-A-N-A-R-I-A, VenariaDental.com. Remember, he's my dentist. He's my friend. And when it comes to those very complicated dental implants, there is simply no one better than Dr. Mike Venaria. Two offices to serve you, Cinnamon and Woodbury. And I'll see you Saturday for his veterans breakfast. 
VenariaDental.com. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. All right, he's all right, too. Welcome back. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210. Judge Harry Smale is running for the judge of the Court of Common Pleas in Westmoreland County, and he's a candidate for the Pennsylvania Superior Court. He is currently a judge of the Court of Common Pleas, and he's running for the Pennsylvania Superior Court. And here he is on the show. Judge, are you there, Judge? We're waiting. There he is, Judge Harry Smale. How are you, sir? Good. How are you? Thank you for having me. Well, I'm I'm proud of you for embracing your name. I mean that. I think it's hysterical. (laughs) Oh, it's fabulous. Um, Although I don't look like Ted Knight, I thought he was awfully funny in the Caddyshack movie. <laughs> he certainly was. And uh, and your positions are terrific. As uh, I, I was looking yesterday on Twitter and uh, your your platforms, your ideas, they're all consistent and solid. And then I saw you the other night at the Montgomery County Republican dinner, and I was grateful to see you there. So tell us about yourself, Judge. Well, I'm a Grove City College graduate when we beat the Department of Education, a former parole officer that went to night school at Duquesne University School of Law at night, five nights a week for four years, self-made, ran my own practice for 17 years, two associates, four paralegals. Then I got appointed by Tom Corbett when he was governor, won both sides of the ticket in 2015, Democrats and Republicans, for a 10-year term. I started out in family court and handled all of the PFAs and children and youth, child abuse and divorce, and uh, then moved on to complex civil litigation, where I'm the elections judge, the orphans court judge, and I handle all the complex uh, medical malpractice and PI cases. When you say you took on the Department of Education, what happened? Well, uh, Grove City did, and Grove City defeated the Department of Education, so they and Hillsdale College are the only two institutions in the United States that do not take one federal cent with regard to their education process, and it's all privately funded through local banks and the Pew Foundation. Well, that's good. I mean, and uh, that's a big win then, so congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Um, And that's a circumstance where independent thought then can't be uh, interfered with. And we also saw a great exodus of people that were involved in the federal government that came to teach at Grove City to tell how the central government was expanding and getting into even their local issues. And we we often see that now uh, as far as the school boards and your local community. All right. So let's talk about that for a second. These issues, which I think are the most consequential issues of our time right now, I think I think school boards, parents running for school board, uh, parents getting engaged in these races and these fights. Uh, you, you've been there. You've been at the forefront of that. So what why why do you think it's so important right now, Judge? Because it's a fundamental liberty interest to be involved with the uh, uh, raising of your own children and making them free of indoctrination and making them free of ideas that are not necessarily in their best interest or welfare. They are to be in there to learn arithmetic, English, languages, uh, sciences, uh, geometry, uh, athletics. They are not there to uh, be fomented to be a part of a movement that they have no idea what it is. 
Good. I love the fact that you use the L word, too. Liberty, Your Honor. I think that that's great. Judge Harry Smale is with me right now. He's running for the Pennsylvania Superior Court. You use the word liberty. Liberty's under attack everywhere we look. Is that one of the reasons why you decided to run for the Pennsylvania Superior Court? Yes, absolutely. And uh, I serve 365,000 people in my county, have done a very, I believe, efficient, transparent job, had over 100 appeals that have never been reversed. Uh, my uh, background is very transparent, but the reality of it is is that the judicial branch and the independence of that branch must protect and preserve liberty and individual rights, and we're not seeing that in the Superior Court or the Appellate Courts in Pennsylvania because there are too many judges that are legislating from the bench and interpreting what they believe a law should be instead of enforcing the law, pulling the trigger, making a decision in a timely fashion because delayed decisions is denied justice. Delay, and I love that. That's a great line. I should also mention you are endorsed by the Pennsylvania Republican Party, the Pennsylvania Fraternal Order of, of Police, the Firearm Owners Against Crime, the Pennsylvania Chamber of Commerce, and the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation. That's a, that's a lot of, uh, you're, you're in good company there, Judge, Judge Schmale. Thank you very much. I, uh, Actually, in this particular race, I'm the most endorsed uh, candidate uh, by law enforcement, by far pro-business, and the pro-life movement. I love that. I think it's fantastic. I think it's fantastic. And I just obviously have to make sure that we say this. You'll get nothing and I can. Obviously. Uh, you got to win today. We, we, we got to get you on the court. We got a lot of people rooting for you. So if you're driving home and you haven't voted yet, you need to vote for Judge Harry Smale for the Pennsylvania Superior Court. This is a statewide election, right? So everybody can vote for you who's listening to me who lives in Pennsylvania. Absolutely. In all 67 counties. And if you can still reach out and get family members that have mail-in voter uh, votes on their table or counter, get them to the polls or get them to the Elections Bureau because we have till 8 p.m. tonight and there's only about a 30 percent turnout. So every vote will count. And judge, I made a comment earlier that the job of a judge is not to write legislation from the bench. Even if you like the legislation that you're writing from the bench, it's not your job. It, that, that's not why we have judges and justices. And I think that that is something that is, I, I feel, at the heart of, of what happened with the 2020 election in Pennsylvania when the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, <laughs> excuse me, rewrote the, the time matter in place of the elections. I think we see it happen all the time with judges. And you are you are running because you believe that the job of a judge is not to interpret is not to write legislation from the bench. You're not you're not a legislator. You're you're a judge. And that is important. I need people to understand that point. Right. My job as a judge is to analyze the law, see if it uh, it strikes past the muster of the U.S. Constitution and the more liberal Pennsylvania Commonwealth Constitution, whether the statutory construct is appropriate what the uh, legislative comment is relative to why the law was made, and then apply the fact scenario to whether it gets enforced or not. I cannot bring in a personal opinion or an emotional belief or a desire for what a, a statute should be as opposed to what it is. If people don't like the law, and oftentimes 50% of the people in my room when they leave don't like me at the end, and that's because of the law that I have to enforce, they can go to their legislature, both their House and their Senate, and have it revamped, changed, or altered. 
Good. And that's the way it should be. If uh, anybody wants to learn more about you, although I think uh, they, they know everything now after after you having this conversation with me, and no doubt about it, you, you have my endorsement 100%. Where, where can people go, Judge, if they're sitting at their computer right now and want to check you out? Yeah, they can go to votejudgesmell.com, and we have all of our information there, as well as my Facebook page. And uh, there is a myriad of Twitter X uh, discussions going on about my relativity to my positions and my likeness of Ted Knight and Caddyshack. Do you drink Fresca? I do. God bless. And do you offer it to people when they come to see you? In your, in your oh, chambers. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and if they don't drink it, I have concerns. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck today, Your Honor. I hope you make it. Judge Harry Smale, Pennsylvania Superior Court. Thanks, my friend. Thank you very much for having me. Good luck to you today. Thank you. Bye-bye. The Rich Zioli Show on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All right. Uh, yes. Oh, so, anyway, we've got this just so much to talk about here today. Um, May or may not have a big guest at four o'clock. I don't want to tease it, though, just in case he's running late or he has to reschedule because he's in high demand today. No question about that. Um, But the United States Supreme Court is hearing a very landmark case right now regarding the Second Amendment and whether or not individuals who are under domestic violent protective orders can have guns. Okay, now currently under federal law, that is prohibited. In 2020, a Texas court issued a two-year order and revoked the gun license of Zaki Rahimi. And uh, it was requested by his, uh, his ex-girlfriend after a 2019 incident where he allegedly threatened her and pushed her inside a car. Mr. Rahimi allegedly fired his gun at a witness. After this incident, he reportedly continued making gun threats against his ex-girlfriend. After the order was in place, police investigated multiple shootings with him as the suspect. They searched and found guns in his home. He was prosecuted for violating the federal statute banning guns while under a domestic violence order. Mr. Rahimi claims his Second Amendment rights were violated. The federal government disagreed and argued they met the burden of proof to regulate gun access of domestic abusers. The court case is going on right now. Matt DeSantis is grabbing some audio, which we'll share with you later in the show. But I think there's a couple things to take into account here. One is the question of whether or not somebody is under a protective order and whether somebody has been convicted of something. And if you've been convicted of something and you've served your time, when you get your rights back, all of your rights, because I know that this sounds silly to say, but, you know, for years, I have been one of those people arguing that when you serve your sentence, you should get all your rights back. And that includes the right to vote. I know that, that some conservatives get angry with me about that. Ah, he's a felon. You can't let him vote. Well, did, did he serve his time? Then, yeah, he should be able to. Just like he should be able to get, his, 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 get a gun, should be able to protest in public, should have the same rights everybody should have. If, if you serve your time and you are released, then you should get your rights restored. I think that that's a basic hallmark of liberty, period. So there's that aspect of it, too. But then there's also the question of if you're accused of something, That's not the same thing as being found guilty, obviously. So is a domestic violence protective order enough to take away somebody's rights? And what rights, what other rights can you take away besides the right to to, to have a gun? What other rights can you take away from somebody who has a domestic violent order against them, a protective order against them? I mean, maybe they shouldn't be allowed to worship. So maybe they shouldn't be allowed in a church. They might might see their ex-girlfriend there and then 
you know, beat the crap out of her at the at, at the pew. I don't know. I'm see these are the these are the philosophical questions that I have to weigh in my mind, and we will weigh them throughout the course of the show today. No question about it. Eight five five eight three nine twelve ten on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Uh, let me do this because I can't see the clock. Is the friggin' thing is not working there? You see what I mean? I gotta see that. Yeah. It's just it's just it's, a, all, it's faded out. It's faded out. We need a bulb or something. Can somebody yeah. give me a bulb, <laughs> light bulb? What kind of bulbs go in there? I don't freaking know. The TV is probably like a $50 flat screen TV. They got it at Walmart years ago, knowing this company. <laughs> I can't believe they haven't sold it on eBay yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, that's a fair point. I'm surprised it's lasted this long. I am too, actually. I'm surprised this microphone's lasted this long, considering how many times I've, I've, I've been in the studio lately. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah, I was going to say, it kind of hasn't lasted all that long. <laughs> You've broken it three times right. in what? Well, now I figured out the trick. I figured out the trick to loosen it so that when I get my Italian going, which is all the time, I can move it around and not break it. See? See what I mean? I can't can't even mock you because I've broken mine too. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, you just... Did you break it or did it already come like that? No, I, I broke it. Okay, that's, well, that's all right. That's your that's that's, problem. Though. It was already I, broken when I... <laughs> what's the line from Deadpool 2 when he knocks into the vase and he breaks it? The statue? Oh, come on. You know. saw Deadpool 2, right? No? I don't know if I have. Oh, I've Deadpool seen it, and Deadpool 2 are two of the funniest movies ever made. Ever made. They are good. They are hysterical. There's a new one coming out. There it? is. Yeah, we've been waiting for years for this. I can't wait for it. But there's a great line about that when he's in he's in uh, Xavier's wheelchair and he smashes into a bust of some sort and falls to the ground and crashes. And he goes, that was already broken when it fell to the ground and crashed or something like that. I'm par- But it was hysterical because Ryan Reynolds is fantastic as that character. Anyway, I digress. The point is that we've got a lot to chat about, including the United States Supreme Court case. we got election shenanigans going on in New Jersey as we speak. It is Election Day. Get out there and vote. We're coming right back. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 